Welcome back to another episode of the Leadership Podcast brought to you by the Center for Leadership and Engagement. I hope everyone's doing well and that you are all wearing a mask. Also, one thing, guys, please do not forget to vote. This election is coming before you know it, and we owe it to ourselves to get involved in this upcoming election. Today's episode is going to focus on equality and equity. As leaders, we will be put into situations where we will be working with colleagues from different walks of life. And it is important to ensure that we as leaders provide them with an equal opportunity to develop their leadership skills. To that end, we have a very special guest on today's podcast. She is currently the Assistant Vice President for Hispanic Serving Initiatives and Academic Affairs at Montclair State University. And she has also appeared on programs such as Univision to speak on Hispanic initiatives. Stay tuned for our interview with Dr. Katia Paz Goldfarb after the scratch. Also, don't forget, we also have this episode in Spanish for our Spanish speakers. So if you wish to listen to it in Spanish, it is available for listen. Should be the episode above or below this one on wherever you listen to your podcast. That being said, stay tuned. Hi, everyone. My name is Ariana Pereira, and I'm an office assistant with the Center for Leadership and Engagement. Today, I'll be talking with Dr. Paz Goldfarb. Hi, Dr. Paz Goldfarb. How are you? Hello, I'm very well. Thank you. Very appreciative to be here. Nice to see you. Nice to hear you. Of course, I'm so happy to have you here today. Um, and I'd love to talk to you about just a little bit um, on your background, how you came to Montclair and what you do here. Wow. Okay. Um, so I came to Montclair State University in 2001, the summer of 2001. And I came as an uh, associate professor in the family science and human development uh, program. At that moment was a program. And I arrived here um, and worked and loved my students, loved what we were doing. I was a faculty, a regular quote unquote, regular faculty uh, doing research, teaching, doing the service necessary. And I pay attention that we had a really, really need and also asking for uh, the program to actually move to be a department. So in 2005, uh, I became the founding chair of Family Science and Human Development. At that moment was Family Studies and Child Development. And uh, recently, a few years ago, we changed the, uh, the name to the department to, the, uh, to follow the national trend in terms of names. And it is, uh, and also gives a better uh, idea of who we are because we are human development or they are we they because I still feel that is part of me I haven't left it my heart is all still with them and uh, in 2016 the university became uh, was designated as a Hispanic serving institution there are about 539 Hispanic serving institutions in nationwide and um, we became at 2016 that means that over 25% of the undergraduate students are uh, self-identified as Hispanics. And, and after that, um, a couple of years after, I received a call from the provost office and we had a whole conversation about how to be more intentional in, uh, in us being, in terms of promoting uh, outside, but also working inside our university with our uh, growing uh, population of Hispanic students. And that's what wow. brings me today to be the <laughs> assistant vice president for Hispanic serving initiatives at the university. 
thank you so much for that information. Honestly, as a student, that's like really eye-opening to hear because I know how popular that major is of family science and human development. Yes. So to see that you are the the, the creator, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> your thank impact you. is just so large on the on the Montclair State community. That's amazing. Um, and so with all of your experience that you've had with the student body, um, specifically in the Hispanic population, um, how do you feel as though like we can make sure to enable that students still feel as though they belong on campus, especially in the time of COVID when it's more virtual and, and less physical. The sense of belonging is a critical piece. It's a critical piece, culturally speaking, or as, a, as any student. So we can talk, any, any student needs to feel welcome and belonging at the institution. But if we want to use the Latino students as a specific case, uh, it is, it, at some points it's even, um, more important and more crucial because uh, the trend in the United States, although it's going there, that we are more represented in general in institutions, we have been lacking. We come, you know, we are coming there, we are getting there, but we are lacking. You know, we are still do not have the numbers that are equal to the representation within the society, right? You know, kind of a way that we look at it. So it is important, but it's also important because culturally speaking, we are creatures of uh, interpersonal relations. We are creatures of talking with each other and hugging and laughing together. And most important that, oh, eating together um, and visiting the campus and being with the people and getting to know and the truth is that virtually that it is more difficult. It's not impossible. I think that the university has put a lot of effort, I think is showing in making sure that students feel connected. We have excellent advisor centers in each of the schools and, and uh, colleges that have reached out. I understand that from the office of the student um, uh, development and engagement. They uh, call every single one of our students during uh, the pandemic. Uh, that's huge. That's, that's critical. That's important. That's great. And we should do that. Um, and for, for, the for our Hispanic students who this is not their first semester, you can sit back, relax for a second and understand that this is temporary. Okay, mm -hmm. so some of the things are going to be a little bit harder, but this is temporary. What we need to, I think, really pay attention is to the new class that is coming, right? Mm -hmm. oh, well, it's not coming, that is here. We are in mm -hmm. our, what, third week of classes right now? So it's not, they are coming, they're here, okay? Right. So <laughs> what it is our responsibility as student leaders and also as, you know, staff leaders, uh, to make sure that our students feel welcome, uh, feel the sense of belonging that you mentioned. Right, definitely. I think the idea of culture is really important and feeling like as though you belong within just like the students at campus and making sure that we have that culture all around. Um, so speaking on some of those challenges, what challenges do you face, especially with students who either don't speak Spanish natively or don't speak English natively in that language barrier and creating that culture as well? Okay, so, so in, in, in our, at the university, you have to have a, a certain level of English fluency to be able to 
be accepted at the university. And that's generally speaking, okay? And I think that what happened is that students bring a different level in each of, in, in each of the areas. You write better, you write not that good, you speak better, you don't speak that good, you know, you're more fluent in one area than the other one, or you are equally non-fluent or fluent in, in all of the areas, which is perfectly fine. So what I usually say to a student that I meet and we're having issues on that scenario, it is to make sure that you do speak with your professor. It's critical, okay? So the, the professor knows that some of, can contextualize what's going on, okay? A lot of time we cannot contextualize just from one paper, one test. We, could, we need to contextualize uh, where we are, who we are, and uh, from where we are coming from. And I think that one of the major pieces, and I can't stress this enough, it is the writing piece. Writing mm -hmm. is critical for absolutely every single major area and future career that you're going to have no matter what you're going to be writing. And let's be honest, virtually, I think that sometimes we are writing even more than what <laughs> we are speaking, right? So it's even more important that we have strong academic writing uh, skills. And the truth is that not, the, the way to look at this is not as a deficit perspective of what I don't have, but maybe to look at it as where I need to be. So that gives you like the future sense, like the, the, the thinking of no one is perfect. We all need to improve. I start here, you may start in another position, but in this set of skills, what is important is for us to always strive for what is next, what is the improvement. And we do that only and only if we closely work with our advisors, with the writing center, with the tutoring center, with uh, uh, professors that can give us the help. Right, yeah, definitely. That's awesome that we have so many resources on campus to help students and that we have that type of mindset to understand that progress happens in different ways for each person, but progress is nevertheless progress. Um, and so beyond the classroom and into like involvement on campus, how do you see language barriers being a challenge for students to get involved and to take on leadership positions? I, you have to do it. That's it. If, that's it. That, I mean, I, I'm not going to also sugarcoating it. Um, mm -hmm. I will tell a short story uh, of uh, my own. Um, and especially because I think that when students meet us, they meet this, you know, She's a full professor, the founder of uh, the department. And, uh, you know, in that department, we open a PhD uh, program. And, you know, I have a graduated, well, they graduated, but, you know, sometimes possessive thing, you know, <laughs> uh, quite a few Latinas and they are assistant professors now, okay? You know, think, you, you, know you, you look at us right now and you think that we jump from then to now, you know, in a blink of an eye. No, it, it has taken work, okay? And my little story, and I have more sadly to say, but I tell this story because I think it's important to hear it. At my master's degree, uh, I, I still was in the mindset of having to translate what I'm going to say. So the first step was to 
formulate my idea or answer to the question that was asked in Spanish so I can sound intelligent, okay? Mm -hmm. And then the next, the next step was to translate the answer or the idea that I just mm -hmm. had in my head into English so I can say it aloud. So look at the amount of energy, time uh, that I had to use to be able to do that in classes that were mostly seminars. So topics were flying back and forth. You had to be fast. So what I used to do, one of my ways of doing was to start, I would like to, you know, because I knew that, that I can say that in English very fast and very well, and then start, you know, translating slowly. And I could hear some of my classmates in my back saying, oh, there she goes again. It's going to take a half an hour for her to say something, to finish her thoughts. So you have two choices there. Well, then you have more choices, but let's say, talk about the choices that you can shut your mouth, never participate again, do your work uh, that is written and move on. Or you can push yourself because you have something to say, because you belong in that group, because you are part of that class, and because if we are talking about diversity and if we are going to talk about inclusion, then we are part of that too. I am part of that too. And it may take me a little bit longer. So hopefully what we do is to have group of people that are supporting us, that are pushing us, that are not going to uh, look at that as a barrier, but it's an asset of having another language and being able to know and experience other things. And for us to jump in and practice. I, if I would have chosen to not say anything, I don't know if I would have ever gone to a PhD or I would have ever taught. And I believe me, I, until today, I can tell you which classroom I used in the university the first time I taught in 1992 okay i was a very young professor okay just to put that out there. but uh, what i'm saying it is it, it you know the the it's a challenge take it take right. it we have something right. to say we are here to stay we are part of all of this and if we are going to belong we cannot only wait for others to tell us that we are going to belong but we also need to say that we belong and then right. act upon. Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. And as leaders ourselves, like within the community, how can we work towards being more inclusive towards others with like language barriers when you have a group that's like very diverse? Well, I think that one of the, the, the ways is always to have, um, and when, I, when, invi when I'm invited, I, I like to go, is when different groups, do things together. So you got different groups, meaning that will be Lasso or will be Hillel or, you know, you have different groups, student groups that align with maybe identity, but you also have groups that align based on things that you like, right? A cappella singing, theater, <laughs> you know, community work, volunteering, you know, census, voting registration, you know, you have, you have those groups that are not necessarily from the ethnic 
uh, from the ethnic identity part of it, or, or cultural identity, of religion identity, of any of those things. But they are based on things that are similar in what we like. So the question for me is, the leaders of those groups, what kind of outreach you are doing? So mm -hmm. other people that are not re your regular, you know, people that come to the group, what quote-unquote regular, I know you cannot see me, but quote-unquote <laughs> regular, okay? Because, you know, we also put that in our minds. We decide, okay, no, that's not for me, right? Well, what about if we are going to sing one song in Spanish? Look at mm -hmm. that. What about if the rest of the group will learn that? Okay, or a mm -hmm. message, or if we go to a community center, that we're going to go to a community center that serves the majority Hispanic families. What about that? You will need my Spanish. Okay. I, you know, <laughs> so that's, you know, if you want to be a leader, that, right. that's the thing, right? It's not only with the people that you feel more comfortable having around you. It's with the people that needs to be part of. And as a leader, you need to also provide that environment of belonging in a group that maybe we didn't think that we belong. Right, definitely. Using diversity as an asset is so crucial and because it's what drives progress inevitably. Um, so looking forward and looking towards how the university is adapting towards COVID, um, how do you see us being able to maintain a positive environment for Hispanic students and to make sure that we maintain the HSI status by maintaining that uh, population? Well, I think that uh, we are here to exist and we belong and uh, our numbers tell us that and also our retention numbers tell us that. They come, you come, you're here, we want you here, uh, we will support you for you to succeed in uh, graduation, in stay, staying with us here and being part, uh, an intrinsical part of this university. With coronavirus, I want to say to the students who have been here before, uh, this is not your first year, you know who we are already, we will, we have been here, we are in my way, the same way that I have been saying before, that we need to uh, look forward. I say the same thing with any office at the university and any, every person at the university. We need to move forward and strengthen what we already have and be much more intentional and also strong in what we do. So we don't just, you know, we say in Spanish, dormir en los laureles. We just don't stay there. You know, this we need to, um, to move forward and strengthen the services and strengthen what we have. For the new students, I want to say, uh, stay with us. Uh, <laughs> one of the priority thing is don't wait for the crisis. Uh, reach out to anyone you need to reach out. Reach out to me personally if you have to, or if you want to, you don't need to have to. You can just want to. You may want to ask a question. Like for example, we, I had a whole conversation with students last, uh, uh, in the semester, you know, our last semester, okay? And in terms of um, how to choose the pass or fail or the grade, that was a huge thing in our university. Well, actually in all universities, okay? It was a big deal 
in terms of uh, virtual, being virtual and having all the pandemic thing and the classes pivoted and everything like that, I can have conversations about the personal piece, the family piece, the, the, the academic piece. And what I can promise you, it is that I will find you, if I cannot directly help you, I will find you the person that can help you. And you should contact me with anything, you know, uh, that is legal. Um, that was a joke. But it, it, because you are all, all, you know, all, all doing good things and, you know, wearing your masks and keeping your distance, okay? But um, with any, honestly, with any, any issue that you have, you can contact me to my uh, direct email, which is goldfarbk at montclair.edu. Or you can contact the office, which is a generic email, hispanics at msu, all written in one word, hispanics at msu, at montclair.edu. Email is much better. I will answer to your email. And if I cannot solve the problem, I will direct you to the person that can help you solve it. Awesome. Thank you so much for speaking with us today, Dr. Goldfarb. I really appreciate having this conversation with you and learning more about you and how the university is working towards helping Hispanic students become better leaders. So I'm here, a la orden, like we said, and mm -hmm. uh, anytime, and, and it's, everything is from my heart. It, my doors are always open. My heart is always open. So please reach out. And thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Of course. I want to thank Dr. Goldfarb again for coming onto the podcast to speak with us today about equality and equity. MSU community, we want to know what you guys think. Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Do you have any comments you want to add to it? Leave a voice memo using the link in the description. Tell us your thoughts. It could be featured in a future episode. Also, give us a follow on wherever you listen to your podcast. And that also includes Anchor, Apple Music, Google Music, and Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Our Facebook is facebook.com backslash CLE leadership. And our Twitter and Instagram handles are at MSU leadership. Stay tuned for the next episode and take care of yourselves and each other.